0: hello everybody welcome back to another episode of my criada thoughts of a girl in a sick world and what a sick world it is indeed this is your host Sajra Knives, here to talk to you about all things femme fair and feared thank you so much for being here surprise guys i have a valentine's day episode for you called femme escapism our fascination with fictional characters because what better day to talk about love romance and Dissociation. Cue the music! So first, a little housekeeping. Check out my last episode of Malcriada on Liberation if you haven't done so already to learn about what you can do to help the at-risk countries such as Sudan, Congo, and Palestine alike. The topic of escaping our realities has come up as a result of seeing our global family in these countries experiencing genocide and apartheid. I'd like to add on to the conversation of escapism and how I see my demographic, Latina women and femmes, interact with it. And how we can use it for good. Um, make sure to follow my socials to be up to date with the pod and future projects. Um, I want to. I just want to help build community um, through, you know, our creativity, through our art, through our anything, and hope to inspire other kiddos and other people to do the same. Um, and yeah, so without further ado, Fem Escapism hello everybody happy valentine's day i hope you're getting loved i hope you're getting spoiled i hope you're getting um all the love you deserve but not just today but all the time um welcome to another episode titled femme escapism our obsession with fictional characters i love alliteration if you if you haven't found that out yet like it's just so jummy, so jummy jummy. but yeah femme escapism what am I talking what are you talking about, Z? Literally you're pulling shit out of your ass. Yes, that is what scholars do, dude. That's what people do. All words we just pulled out of our asses. Okay? And what am I gonna be talking about today? What am I gonna be covering? Alright, I'll 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 take you through a little a little outline, all right? So first I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna be defining um, escapism. I'm gonna be covering how do women and femmes participate in escapism and dissociation. Is escapism hurting women and femmes? i'm gonna give you guys some examples of um different types of um escapism that we women and femmes partake in and then some final thoughts so hang on tight thank you for listening and if you stick the whole way through thank you thank you so much <laughs> i actually put a lot of work into these uh episodes and it's basically just like what i learned from school how to make an essay bro um and i don't know what else to do <laughs> i I don't know what else to do and this is my contribution to the world and if this helps someone then it's worth it, right? I have a lot of fun doing it too. Not fun like yay, I'm having so much fun but it's a process and it's my voice and what I think and I think that is uh, my episodes, my writing. It's all part of my creative process and my art so thank you for listening to it. Thank you for um, hearing me out and I hope it inspires you. Or at least makes you think about something different. Yay! (laughs) Alright, let's start. So, what is escapism? According to Oxford Languages, escapism is the tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy. But the word itself, what does it mean? Where does it come from? It comes from the Latin words ex, meaning out of, and kappa, meaning cape. Escape means to shed one's clothing and leave it in the attacker's hands. Literally, to get out of one's cape. You fought and fought and struggled, so much so that you left your clothing behind. You didn't care because you were escaping your doom at the hands of your enemy. Now, this has historical context, especially with the Roman Um, references. But our vision of escapism isn't, oh, I'm escaping uh, my enemy because we're in battle or whatever. That's not our most people's realities here in the US. In modern times, when I think of escapism, I think of um, gambling, I think of uh, drug abuse, I think of alcohol abuse, I think of any of those types of things. And I'm not here to say, yay, go do that, that's good. I'm just saying that I understand why most people feel like their only way of achieving pleasure or happiness is through these quick fixes because they know that happiness is not sustainable and a healthy lifestyle really isn't sustainable under the conditions that capitalism serves us. A thought that came to mind when I finished saying that was like, well, what about the rich people? They can maintain um, a happy and healthy lifestyle because they have the resources to do so. Access to therapy, access to um, cleaning services, access to um, education, and of course, their proximity to whiteness. But I generally don't think that these people are happy. Or scratch that. I don't think these people are actually fulfilled. In fact, I think the pursuit of such um, such wealth and such riches and luxury and all that kind of stuff is a type of escapism in itself. But let's draw our focus back on women and femmes and how are we participating in escapism? Are we doing it the same way everyone else? I have some thoughts on that. Let's go over the different ways that women and femmes escape mentally, physically, and spiritually. First, we have mentally. And when I think of escaping mentally, I think of all things related to storytelling. We, when we immerse ourselves in storytelling, we can immerse ourselves in a book, in a video game, in a sport, in a, anything creative. Let's say. Next, we have physically. This would pertain to beauty rituals, aesthetic niches, skin care, diet culture, and lastly, we have spirituality, which I think the way women and femmes escape or participate in escapism in their spirituality is through Marianismo and the quote-unquote nice Christian girl archetype. But let's start with escaping through storytelling. First, there was Peter Mullark, the respectful, gentle bread boy. There was Aaron Blackford, who almost made me reconsider if I'd been writing off suits for too long. Rysand, who made me realize how deep-seated my daddy issues really are. The introspective and bookish Connell Waldron, with his sexy chain necklace, and most recently, the sensitive, mysterious, literature-loving Augustus Everett, who made me seriously reconsider buying a fancy bookshelf, if you know, you know. The thing is, none of these men are real. Writer Alexandra Koster opens her article featured on Refinery29's website, talking about fictional characters she felt a connection from when she was younger up until her adult years. The article goes on in talking about deeper reasons as to why women and femmes well, she only mentioned women, feel so drawn to these kinds of characters. So much so that the attraction to real-life interactions with other romantic um, relationships or potential romantic relationships seems like they don't want to do it anymore. In short, women have been sold the idea from... As long as I can remember, really, that our Prince Charming is going to help us and take us away from all this bad stuff, only to grow up and get hit with the cruel reality that men are not going to save us from anything. In fact, they are the ones who are the danger. They are the ones who shame us into submission. They are not the knights or princes that they promised us they would be. They are, in fact, the dragons. Which is why I perfectly understand the finishing conclusion that Costa gives us. Would you rather be writing a novel next door to the hottest man who's ever walked the planet? Or jump onto a catfish-filled dating app, only to have your confidence inevitably shattered 20 times over? I know where I'll be. Next, we have escapism through physical means changing your hair, dyeing your hair, doing a certain makeup look, copying a niche you saw online and replicating it on yourself, finding different niches online to subscribe to like Office Siren, Coquette, etc, etc. A really big argument um, that I've seen in makeover videos or whatever shows is like they show like an older woman who quote unquote let herself go whatever that means and they show her you know you just can like love yourself you have to love yourself too you know um so change your hair (laughs) so you can love yourself and do your makeup so you can love yourself and buy my product so you can love yourself if you are my lipstick you'll feel pretty and you won't remember like that you're in like a sick crumbling cruel world and at least you'll look pretty <laughs> yeah i've been a victim of the beauty industry <laughs> as everyone and we'll get to why in a second the next thing i want to talk about was escapism through spirituality and ugh, this one this one this one makes my my bones itch bro it's called marianismo i recently learned the term and i'm so glad i did because it it seems like i was just missing a big puzzle piece to this phenomenon because because how do you disagree with someone who believes that women are just naturally and more divine than men (laughs) how can you (laughs) How can you say no? Like, how can you say no to that? (laughs) Marianismo is modeled after the Virgin Mary and claims that all women should aspire to be like the Virgin Mary, self-sacrificing at all times for their family, for their husband, for God, for everyone except themselves. Some of these women uh, are also firm believers that as long as they are in their femininity completely, then they're doing everything right. And I really dislike this type of thinking because it's so binary, and I don't like that. A lot of the times when I see uh, someone who claims themselves as a feminine coach or whatever, I am very I approach with caution all, at all times. I was also a victim of marianismo (laughs) but when i was like a child when i was a little kid i'd be like yes i will do like and it wasn't until recently which i graduated you know um i got my own i guess way of thinking and i don't subscribe to that anymore and i know that there's so many other girls and femmes in the valley who are very much practitioners of marianismo because That's all we're taught and we're suppressed and we're kept and domesticated and fed little fantasies about how as long as we're playing our role, it'll all turn out fine. And look where that has gotten us. I didn't find love because I practice all of Marianismo all the time. No. I didn't get my bachelor's degree because I practice Marianismo all the time. No. No i didn't um, become a go-go dancer or i didn't start a podcast because i want to practice marianismo no all these beautiful things that i got i got from actually being myself and speaking my mind imagine imagine if i had only listened to my my exes who wanted me wanted to just keep me hidden And wanted to control how I dress. And wanted to control how I spend my money. And how I spend my time. And didn't want to put the effort into me. And told me to shut up and not talk about politics. Where would I be if I listened to that type of mentality. And that type of people. I would be in the same place that women, sadly, before me have always been. At the will of another person and i'm not i am not and i'm happy i am i'm happy that i rebelled i'm happy that i spoke my mind i'm happy that i am not i, I didn't let, allow myself to be put in a box and that's what my is all about guy <laughs> but all of these different types of escapism though i don't agree with them i have been a, a participant in these in the past as a child as an impressionable little girl as a tween um now i'm a full adult i'm what 22 like i have learned so much and i understand i'm not here to be like you suck because you put on makeup so fuck you you don't you're not real feminist like no i'm not here to be like you are christian so you're not a real feminist no i'm not here to say you read romance books and you thirst over levi um you're not a real feminist (laughs) like i'm not here to say any of that in fact i'm here to say that femme escapism is vital to the creation of our new future utopia slash community-based world the execution of our escapism is the issue not escapism itself for it is merely a reaction to the problem the problem being white supremacy always. We escape because that is the only coping mechanism we are taught in this capitalistic society. However, escapism in a capitalistic country like the US only contributes to white supremacy at the expense of the possibility of a unified future. So how does this escapism hurt us? Z? I'll tell you, don't, don't even worry about it, baby girl. Well, first, let's start with our escapism through storytelling fiction, video games, works of art, sports, etc. What I've noticed in a lot of these books and like romance books and uh, also shows and animes, because that's a really big one. A lot of these shows are promoting uh, <laughs> a specific type of standard. I'll talk very briefly about Orin High School Host Club. If you know, you fucking know. Um. Okay, spoilers for Orin High School Host Club. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. Basically, it's a bunch of rich... It's always... It's always a bunch of rich boys or a rich boy who falls in love with the poor, smart girl who made it onto the high school academy on um, scholarship and she's just so smart and different than all the other rich girls and she's so humble and she's so self-sacrificing and that's why she gets picked that's why she's she- <laughs> i ate this up when i was a kid <laughs> i ate this up because that was me that was me i was a a, a poor girl quote unquote um because I, like, I don't want to say poor, because nada me falto, I never was missing anything, I was never missing food, um, yeah, we weren't, we didn't have, like, a for sure house, um, but my parents made sure that we always had some type of shelter, I lived, I consider myself living a very privileged, very, very privileged life, um, but compared to the people I went to school with, this was not the case, this was not the case at all. And I they they made sure to let me know. Even the nice ones, they make sure to let me know in their own little ways. Uh, like, I had rich friends. And uh, we've only hung out in my house once. Yeah, like, it was never like, hey, why don't we go to your house? It's like, no, we, we know we're not going to go to your house because you don't have space. And what are we going to do at your house? Nothing, you know? And it's the little things. And there's this little catchphrase that the main character, Haruhi Fujioka, would say it should be like these damn rich people and it was really funny because i was like oh my god that's me oh my god that's me in school and i'm so smart and everyone is so dumb and it's so stupid because like I, as i grew up into being a normal person <laughs> not just a little kid who just wants to feel good and seen um i was like i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to feel like i'm better than these people in fact i don't want to feel like i'm better than anyone because i'm not i'm just another person and who farts and shits and burps like it doesn't it doesn't matter how much money this person have and how much this other person have all of that is an illusion of white supremacy and the hierarchy that they created for no reason other than to hoard all of the resources in the world but yeah these uh pieces of literature often are upholding these hierarchies themselves um and romanticizing the hell out of it they romanticize the hell out of struggle they romanticize the fuck out of the main character the main uh, female character struggling so much almost like, it's okay that you're poor don't worry, like, maybe one day you'll marry rich like, what?! (laughs) and it's so funny that the main, like, guy interest in that anime is, like, half french like they're he's blonde. Like they have to be blonde. Like they have to be like they have to have some type of proximity to whiteness, and it's very interesting because yeah, I think all of the all of the other characters that um, Alexandra Coster mentioned in her article, they were all white. They were all white men, and one of the characters was Peter Mallark. Haida Millark comes from The Hunger Games, which the author, Susan Collins, got inspiration from The Iraq War. I'ma say that again. She got inspiration to write her fictional book with the Iraq War. And now you see so many parallels between the movie and real life with the occupation of israel and palestine and how their terror is being televised and all we could do is watch and send gifts and etc etc it makes me sick it makes me sick to my stomach that people here in the west are able to draw inspiration from war and profit off of it If that's not white supremacy or someone reaping the benefits of white supremacy, then I don't know how else to explain it. Next is escapism through material means. How is escaping materially, through our material thinkimabobs, uh, hurting us? And how are we executing it in a way that is uh, rooted in white supremacy? Well, it's very, very, very simple. All of these trends, um, all of these um, standards that the beauty industry sets are all based on white supremacy. A slim figure, a thin, small nose, tamed hair. All of these standards, these fabricated beauty standards, are made up. They're not real. They were only created as a reaction to the exclusion of black and indigenous people here in the U.S. And lastly, how is Marianismo tied to white supremacy? Simply because the colonizers, the conquistadores from Spain, came and didn't, didn't give us a choice. It was either you follow this religion or you get punished through sexual assault, through torture, through beating, through enslavement. It was a survival tactic, this type of escapism. It used to be a survival tactic to not get killed, to not get raped, to not get, to not hurt, to survive the circumstances of colonization, of the complete genocide of your people. Uh, Obviously not complete because we are here, we are resilient, Uh, they did not succeed. We are not colonized people because, uh, yes, the systems they established have huge power, but we are not gone. We were not colonized. They did not win. And, but in the way that they, their big, big, big play is infiltrating us, infiltrating our. Traditions, infiltrating and appropriating our traditions, which is basically what this is doing. They have even infiltrated and cultural appropriated storytelling, escapism, imagination, which is what I, which is, which is the point of this episode, y'all. It's not just to be like, ew, everything's fucked up. No, we're changing that type of thinking. We're rewiring our brains because this is the age of Aquarius. So I am here to say, I'm here to say, yes, we do need escapism. Yes, we do need our imaginations to imagine a new, wor- newer world, a better world, a cleaner world, a safer world for everyone. And not just a certain amount of people who hoard all of the resources, who hoard all the wealth, who hoard all of the benevolence Uh uh-uh. and, and distribute terror amongst the rest. How is, how is that good? How is that the best country on earth? Hmm? I am here to say that escapism in a capitalistic society has been infiltrated because our escapism is just, just our imagination. It's our creative power. It's the reason why Susan Collins gets to be a, a best-selling author because she was able to create a new world that people resonated with. And people resonated with the characters. Same thing with Attack on Titan. Same thing with all the other pieces of art that we've noticed. And that we uh, has impacted us. There is power in that. Now how do we use that power for good? How do we use our escapism through m- our mental escapism. Our physical escapism. Our spiritual escapism. To go to a place where we can just imagine a new world, and then come back, and try to build it, try to make it come to life—not just publish a book, not like not just publish a book and then fuck off and disappear forever, and live uh, comfortably the rest of your life. What the fuck? Not just releasing a series, and then releasing another series, and then releasing another series that's gonna bring you millions of dollars. And that's going to be putting pockets into the same very people who are causing and funding these genocides, these terror, these terror attacks, these bombs. It's all more connected than we think. I want to talk a little bit about utopias and the word utopia and where it came from. So... Utopia is an ideal commonwealth whose inhabitants exist under seemingly perfect conditions. The first word occurred in Sir Thomas More's Utopia, published in Latin. As libellus de optimo publica estatu de que nova in sola utopia. I don't know if I said that right, but that's how I'm reading it. I apologize to the Latin language. But this roughly translates to concerning the highest state of the republic and the new island of utopia." It's really interesting to find out that utopia came from literature and people just making up stories and people um, satiring their own government. Um, This type of utopia, uh, this idea of an ideal society, has been written about multiple times. A really popular example of that would be Plato's Republic. But the word utopia itself comes from the Greek words "o topos," which means not in place, thus meaning nowhere. So it's basically a made-up place that doesn't exist because we can never really reach a quote-unquote perfect society. But we can most certainly make a society and reimagine a new world where everyone is entitled to food everyone is entitled to water everyone is entitled to shelter to clothing to education to their pursuit of happiness in actuality i believe that we can use femme escapism to reimagine this world And here are some examples of women and femme creators who I believe are doing just that. I mentioned her in my last episode and I'll mention her again. Angie Marie on TikTok, the creator of Operation Watermelon. You are doing amazing, girl. She has created a space on TikTok. She created a community that... And she calls her her community to comment positive and educational things on uh, targeted accounts on social media. To raise awareness about the situation in Gaza. And recently, we got Bisan. We got Bisan, which she is a reporter, a very young reporter. I don't want to say that she was... um, She's doing it for fun because she's not. She was forced to be a reporter. She was forced to report on the genocide of her people as a plea. And she told us, hey, keep doing that. That is so smart. Thank you. And there were so many people saying, that's not going to work. Why are you doing that? That's that's not helping anyone. Bunch of naysayers, dude. Bunch of fucking naysayers. Angie escaped. Angie disconnected herself from reality because this reality will tell you you can't do it. This reality will tell you it there's no point. This reality will tell you there is no community. You're all on your own. She ignored them. She led with her imagination. She led with her heart. She led with her creativity. And we got all these all these um TikTokers and um organizations the nfl uh celebrities we got them all trending for gaza for palestine for the names of the press heroes of gaza that is amazing girl shan spear on youtube she is just so amazing she inspires me so much she put so much work into her videos, and I'm in awe almost each time. I'm like, damn girl, how do you think about that? What the hell? Um, She constantly sets the bars and does it flawlessly. (laughs) Shansphere covers trending topics online through such a nuanced lens, and it just makes me feel entertained, yet being educated at the same time. I don't know how else to praise her and i just i this is just me giving her flowers i love you so much you're great keep doing what you're doing um you're doing amazing sweetheart next we have Khadija Mbowe. i'm so sorry if i mispronounce your name baby squirrel her channel is also a commentary style channel but it's a lot more relaxed and it's just basically her talking in her living room as she always says and it just feels Like, you're learning so much when you're just having a nice conversation with a friend. I love it. I love her channel. Her channel covers all things um, pop culture, politics, philosophy, etc. And I've learned so much from her. She's amazing. Please, please, please go check her out. Next, I have my absolute queens, um, Locatora Radio, Mala Muñoz, and Femme. They are literally, oh, their podcast literally got me out of such a dark depression. It's not even funny. Um, I had no, no one to talk about all the things that were in my mind about, not even therapists. Because therapists in the valley and the therapists that I could afford didn't validate my queerness, didn't validate my my trauma didn't validate me and just focused on this ugly hyper individualistic mindset that i do not subscribe to Locator radio helped me under i'm gonna get emotional locatora radio helped me understand that i have a place in this world as a loca as a locamor as a as a girl who, as a Latina, as a Chicana, as a girl, as a femme, as a queer woman, as a queer person, um, they just inspired me so much. They cover uh, politics, they cover philosophy, they cover trending topics, as all these beautiful, beautiful, amazing women and femmes do. And they do it in such a way that it, it doesn't make you scared, it makes you it empowers you and it reminds us that we have a community don't even worry about it baby girl at the end of the day we always have our community and we always pull through and i highly encourage you to check out their podcast um i also follow uh mala muñoz's um podcast marijuanera so good literal gold these girls are everything sorry these women These femmes are everything to me and they're the reason I started podcasting. Um, Yeah. Next, we have I Understood on Spotify with her podcast now called Soul Salon, which is such a good name for it, by the way. Um, She's changed it a few times and I love it each time. Um, Her, oh my god. Having her in my ear, dude. Having her in my ear helped so much i can't even begin to explain like she helped me rewire my brain into not shaming myself into like just completely separate myself and stop thinking in such a way that has been inculcated into my head that shameful way of thinking it's it's so amazing and i think this new uh way that she's calling her podcast is so fitting it genuinely feels like um I put on my headphones, I listen to her, I go for a walk, and I'm like, yes, I understood. Oh my god, I never thought about it this way. This is so amazing. I'm so glad that you came to this uh, realization. I'm so happy that, um, that you brought this into the world because it's so amazing. And her thoughts, her mind is so amazing. She's just amazing. Please, please check her out. She is doing the work. She is doing it. She is just just so amazing and her podcast is also was one of the ones who helped me get out of such a dark place when i moved up here to um washington so that's she's been helping me out the most (laughs) uh as of now so yes please check her out thank you so much to these these amazing people these amazing women and femmes who have paved the way for others like me to pursue their dreams in the creative fields and help our community and destroy the system and to help reimagine a new world that doesn't have that we don't have to escape from and that if we do escape from it it's only momentarily and that escapism doesn't perpetuate any type of white supremacy doesn't perpetuate any type of harm onto us Onto our minds, onto our bodies, onto our spiritualities. Thank you so much. And of course, they will be linked in the show notes. All right, moving on to the final thoughts. I, I'm i coming at you guys with a little bit of hope. And I know that sometimes that could be irritating. But I think it's only that way because... Our oppressors have made trying to escape their system so so difficult through divide and conquer um, they have divided us into all these different types of identities but we're all one people and with so many different types of identities so many different types of subcultures so many different types of experiences it's going to get messy. It's going to get chaotic and not everyone's going to be able to agree at one time. And the women I mentioned before uh, are doing that work. Um, I want to do that work. I want to help my community reach a a point where they can feel okay. They don't have to feel like they need to perform a certain way and all their needs are met and yeah that's all I want that's all I can that's all that occupies my mind all the time ever since i ever since I learned about injustice as a little girl and when you're a first gen um kid when you're an immigrant when you have indigenous uh, roots if you're so lonely up here if you feel completely disconnected and you feel like you don't matter at least that's how I felt, not because I was ashamed of who I was, but because I was more angry, I was like, why? this makes no sense, and I'm ang—I'm getting more angry if you keep telling me that I don't matter, that because that makes no sense, I know there's something here, and I know it's not me, and I know, like, the, the evil in this world is not just a little girl, we're not the evil in the world, but the solution yeah i'm a firm believer in that now and that voice in my head that voice in my head that's always saying no you can't do it no it's not it's not worth it no like like you're not going to reach anything and so what and so what if i don't achieve um to see uh a re-indigenized world in my lifetime i don't care I don't care if I don't get to see it in my lifetime. That's the thing. It's not for me. And that's what some people don't seem to grasp. That I'm not trying to do all this work for glory or whatever anymore. Not anymore. Back when I was a dumb little like, <laughs> little teenager. Yeah, but I'm not a teenager no more. Mm-mm. And I think that's something we all have to start considering and it's hard it's hard because so many of us are still acting like children because we were never parented into becoming adults we were never taught how to be adults because our our own parents don't even know how to be adults they don't know we don't know how to care for each other and i think that women and femmes are using their imagination like i mentioned before into doing it and i really do think that it will happen de que va a pasar pasar this nation is going to fall and this is not in a way of being like oh you have to be scared like no it's a pattern all of these civilizations all these capitalistic civilizations collapse up after about 200 years 250 years whatever and it's not a matter of if it's not it's a matter of when and when that day comes when uh, the united states is not what it is right now people always imagine the future of this the the dystopian future of the united states as um people ravaging for like food or toilet paper etc no that's not going to happen like yeah there's the dystopian world of the u.s is now and if someone is barely coming to that realization i i am the bearer of the news that you have lived an extremely privileged life yes and people with privileges still struggle and i can't wait for that day and i'm not this is not me wishing for any like terror to come on this on this country i don't I don't wish tarry on anyone. I, like I've said before, I want everyone to be okay. I want everyone to be cared for. I want everyone to have a place. I want everyone to feel like they belong because they do. According to the natural law, we are all entitled to life. That voice in your in your head that tells you, hey, that's wrong. You know that's wrong. Has been so silenced by the voice in us that tells us "shut up, don't, don't, don't even try." All of our escapism, our imagination, has been co-opted. Storytelling has been co-opted. Storytelling has been appropriated. And now people think that you can only have something to say and it only matters if it makes money if not it doesn't matter that's not true you can be a storyteller you can create beautiful stories that aren't rooted in white supremacy that and there are i have to i have to look because i don't read i don't have that much fiction with me right now i was just i read more fiction as a kid and but now i am going to look for that makeup makeup was appropriated our face paint in indigenous communities we used it to inspire ourselves, to empower ourselves we used it to um show art our culture makeup in itself is not bad it's not inherently bad it's only it was only made so through white supremacy through capitalism do you see the connections spirituality spirituality was appropriated now we have all of these oh yeah you can be you can do everything just manifest it just all of these type of practices have been appropriated of indigenous communities of indigenous practices all right i think that is all i have for you guys today thank you so much for listening to another episode of Malcriada. Thank you so much for. I hope that the, <laughs> I hope that this topic didn't ruin your Valentine's Day. I hope that you enjoyed it and savored it. And we're like, mm-hmm. uh, I hope that you eat good today. I hope that you have an amazing day full of love, laugh, and life. Live, laugh, love. And essentially, I hope you live, laugh, love. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Malcriada. Pets of a girl in a sick world. And what a sick world it is. This was your host, Sodja and I, signing off.